Welcome back to Laundry Room Talk, the behind-the-scenes life of college basketball through the eyes of a student manager, hosted by your own Corbin King and Peyton Mattingly. If you have not gotten the chance to listen to episode one, do so as soon as possible. It is on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. This week, we wanted to touch on a topic that has taken the world by storm in the past two years, and that is the COVID-19 virus. Um, coming in as a manager, we weren't even sure we were going to have a season. We had the tournament canceled, uh, the 2019-2020 season, and there was just almost no hope. I don't know about you, Corbin. There were times where I was unsure we would have a season this year. Yeah, I honestly didn't even know if we were going to be back on campus. Yeah. Because whenever we started, it was kind of starting off. We were on Zoom, but we still might have a chance to get back on campus. Right. To kind of start our workouts in about June or July. But it ended up not working out, so we were on Zoom all through the summer. And pretty, it's pretty rough. <laughs> pretty our rough our, intro our first that. real team introduction to everyone. I mean, I, I, we knew the coaching staff. We yes. had met them before. Um but they were through Zoom meetings, and so it was it was a little awkward because we didn't know any of the players and they didn't know who we were. So that was that was kind of our first impression with everyone. I don't know those were, those were always nerve wracking for me. Huh? Yes. What about you? Yeah. And I mean, not only like Zoom was a new thing too then. Right. So right. we were just new to the whole Zoom situation. Absolutely. I remember the first time we really had to interact was we did a, a personality test, yeah. like the color test. Yes. And we had to go around and say what color we were and what our personality traits were. And we didn't know these yeah, people. So yeah. we were just, I think mine was, I don't know what my colors were, but one of the char- characteristics was uh, strong under pressure. And I had to give a random explanation about how I was strong under pressure. I think I made something up. I don't know what was yours. Yeah, I couldn't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it was nerve wracking. Yeah. Those zoom meetings were, uh, they were interesting because every now and then he would announce who we would play. And that was, I mean, that's what I was looking yeah, forward that was to. The most I want to know, yeah, I want to know where we were going. Um, but he kind of prolongs maybe the possibility of returning in the summer. And we were fortunate enough to return to campus in the fall and have in-person classes, um, somewhat normal workouts. I think for the first month or so, we were split into groups. I think me and Corbin would trade off, do them one group or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I was out with uh, – COVID quarantine for a few weeks. So it was just Corbin, but we had to wear masks during these workouts and back to the topic of rebounding. How hard is the rebound with a mask? It feels like you're about to die. You can't breathe. <laughs> Absolutely. And rebounding already is not fun. You throw in a mask and it's, it's incredibly hard. Another, another thing that was just absolutely brutal when we first got there, it eased up a little bit was testing. Yeah. The first few weeks we did testing, I think my nose bled every single time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. They would, uh, our nurses at our school, they would go up pretty far in our nose. Yeah. I mean, almost to the point where I think they would hit our brains. It was incredibly painful and probably the worst 48 hours. Oh, yeah. Waiting yeah. for your test it, results. Yeah. And it always came in a text. Always. And then they actually, they started calling us later. Oh, yeah. They'd call us during the yep. season and, you know, we'd say hello and they'd be like, uh, we have your COVID results. You tested negative. You yeah. were negative. And the, 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 the pause there was like 30 seconds. You're like, oh, my God, I tested positive. I'm going to shut our whole program down. That was incredibly nerve-wracking for me. Yeah, me too. I hated those. So, Corbin, it was both of our first years in Division One basketball. What was the hardest part for you coming in, not knowing anything, and also having to deal with these COVID protocols? I think it was mostly just the unknown. Mm-hmm. So whenever we would walk into some practices, it would be – 
everything is just so tense. Yeah. You just never know. Like, you know something is wrong, but you don't know what it is. Right. I mean, there'd be days where someone would test positive, or especially during the season, our games, some games would be postponed or switched around. And you could just tell on certain people are acting different. You're like, okay, what's up? And everyone's mm-hmm. trying to put the pieces together and then this whole thing. And that's whenever uh, contact tracing was big too. So yes. normally if one person had it, there's quite a, there's probably about half the team. Yeah. How many more. times, how many times were you contact traced? Uh, I think about five. Yeah. I know Will Pruitt was our, one of our point guards at Lipscomb. He was, I think quarantined at least, at least four or five times. Yeah. Definitely. And he missed the first part of the season. Yeah. And that was just normal. I mean, we never really, we never really shut down. We had one uh, small shutdown for two weeks up before the season. Yeah, we only had – whenever it got to end season, we only had one game canceled. Yeah, and that was our first one. Our first one against a, a D3 team. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely the days where we just walked in didn't know what was going on. But I think the worst days were when we would come into practice, and I think we were still awaiting our test results, so we didn't want to practice and risk it. So we were all there, and then, you know, Coach Acuff would say, okay, we're just going to take the day off if you want to stick around and shoot. Um, go ahead. We got the managers here can rebound. Yeah. And it was like, all right, at that point, it's not really a day off. And we were rebounding for an hour, hour and a half. And I mean, everyone's going to stay and shoot. Yeah. No one's going to leave after the coach, coach says, you know, you can stay and shoot. But and it's pretty obvious. A lot of the bad days, it always goes around rebounding. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's going to be a common theme throughout yep. this podcast. If you haven't, haven't picked up on that already. Uh, one other thing, I think the busiest times was before practice but not only just setting up so we usually this year we've been blessed to watch film in the locker room yeah but last year corbin we were not that lucky nope no with social distancing we were doing film right outside in the re- in the arena yeah and we had to set up i mean 20 something chairs yeah. just about every other day um wheeling Spaced carts out. in yep and i don't know they, they i mean they would gear up the seats and them in together anyway yeah. but there would always be that random day where one of someone would come in and be like oh it's gotta be six feet six feet yeah. I'm like all right well i guess we're doing six feet again i guess code protocols are back another thing that was different i think compared to this year what we've seen so far is road trips um so Corbin, what's been like the biggest difference you've noticed uh, from this year and last year with COVID and without COVID, really yeah i think just being being able to be around the team more because mm-hmm. last year it was Whenever we would get there, if we were eating or watching film or anything, it was get your food and go to your hotel room. Right. But now we're able to be around as a team more. Yeah. And, um, you know, wearing masks on the bus. Yeah. Um, that was definitely, I mean, we're sitting a six, seven hour bus ride and everyone's wearing a mask and it's just, it's just miserable the whole time. And, you know, we mentioned our, our, our trainer last episode, Will Ness, um, one of the best trainers in the country. You know, he, he had a, terrible job last year having to deal with all those code protocols he's still having to deal with it a little bit but i mean it was a mess i mean he was constantly on zoom meetings with the asun ncaa um, trying to figure things out i remember i had to i ruined with him i think in arkansas mm-hmm. and this you know, poor guy he, he can't he's like the last person we can afford to get COVID. Yes. so he's kind of he's wearing his mask in the room and I, i'm scared i don't want to give it to him but um you know roaches were, were definitely a hassle last year Especially for us, because we sometimes we had to deliver food to each room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I think the craziest story probably that we've had as our manager manager life comes uh, comes on a road trip at at SEMO. This was during the COVID times. Um, so, Coach Murray 
um, at Lipscomb. Loves Krispy Kreme donuts. And um, I think the the pre the meal we had the night before just it wasn't it was okay. We wanted Krispy Kreme donuts. He wanted Krispy Kreme donuts. Our GA at the time, Zach Fleener, wanted Krispy Kreme donuts. Um, unfortunately, the DoorDash for it was closed. This was roughly ten o'clock in the middle of somewhere in Missouri. I actually think this was the the night that we had to split. Was that the one we had to split a meal? Yes. Yeah. There was there was a time last year, and I'm sure managers, yes. you know, this you can relate to things like this. There was only one meal left, so it was me and Corbin splitting a meal. Um, so that kind of influenced our Krispy Kreme decision as well. And so we called an Uber because, you know, we wanted to get Krispy Kreme. We wanted to be liked. Um, we got an Uber. I think his name was John. He drove a brown car, which probably was our first red flag. Yes. Um, and I don't know. He said he actually had his own podcast. I forgot what it was. It was about. a YouTube channel. He had a YouTube channel. And what, what, what was it about? It was him shooting guns. Guns. That's <laughs> what it was. Yeah, we're in an Uber, and John's telling us about the guns um, that he needs for his YouTube channel. We're like, okay. I right, just guess Krispy Kreme. You can drop us off now. <laughs> and so we get to Krispy Kreme, and um, like a lot of restaurants at the time, the in, inside was closed. And we get in, our Uber drops us off and leaves. So we're stuck there. It's it's probably 30-something degrees. In the middle of nowhere in Missouri. Middle of nowhere in Missouri. And we try to walk through the drive-thru. And at this point, we thought, oh, that's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. Eh, that's just the start. And we try to walk through the drive-thru, and they just don't see us. And so we walk around, and we knock on the front. And uh, we walk back around to the drive-thru, and they take an order. We get, like, four boxes of donuts. And we start looking for an Uber back. And at this point, my phone's at 3%. So I tell Corbin to get an Uber. Mm -hmm. And Corbin didn't have the Uber app set on his phone. So I'm trying, I'm trying, and we're waiting out there. And I mean, Corbin, we're in the middle of Missouri. We're not getting an Uber <laughs> back. There was nobody at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night in the middle of Missouri. No Ubers are out. We can't find one. And our hotel, how far was our hotel at the time? I think about three miles. Yeah. And it, it said about an hour and a half walk. We're like, well, surely we're not going to walk that far. So we start walking, um, just see if we can pick up an Uber somewhere else for some reason. I don't know why we thought that would work. We were not going to call the team bus to get no. us. We're, we weren't going to do that. And so we start walking. Middle Missouri, we're on the side of the road, four boxes of donuts. And my phone dies. And that's about all the source of transportation we had. So like, okay, we'll just we'll just keep walking. Corbin's using his maps. Your phone was like at what? I think it was about at 10%. It 10%. was about to die. Yeah. So Corbin's phone's about to die. So we're on the side of the road. And you know, I, I said, what, what if we got a hitchhike? Yeah. yeah why it's not? Kind of as a joke. Yeah. It, 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 no, it was a joke. There was yeah. no way I was getting to someone else's no. car. So I stick my thumb out and this you know, white trash, you know, country <laughs> old man, pickup. old pickup truck beaten down, pulls over in front of us. Y'all need a ride? We're like, oh, uh, no, we just got an Uber. Thank you, though. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. He's like, all right. And then he drove off. And we're like, all right. I, I guess we're walking. So we keep going. And hour and a half walk. We started running. We're on the side of the highway. We can't see a thing. It's pitch black. Cars are inches away from us. Jaywalking. Jaywalking everywhere. And we, we run a little bit. So we get back in about 45 minutes. And it was, you know, our hands are freezing. We're holding two dumbbells. Two bags of 48 donuts. We're taking turns. Taking turns holding these donuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was, and we're, the whole time we're thinking, I can't wait to tell the people the story. We're also thinking our phones are dead. They're probably worried about us. I hope they didn't like call the cops or something <laughs> yeah. or trying to reach us. We get back to the hotel. 
everybody forgot we were gone. Yep, we had no texts or nope. calls or anything. Nobody cared. Nobody, <laughs> nobody was checking in on us at all. I think they were really just happy whenever they saw us walking with donuts. I know, <laughs> and then they had the audacity to say the donuts were cold. Yeah, that was so. That was probably the craziest story we've encountered as managers so far. far. We're, we're hoping for more, but overall, when I think of COVID, I think of that year. That story comes to mind quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as far as more testing goes, the further we got on the season, if you didn't test positive, you were testing every day and it was stressful yeah. going to the conference tournament. I mean, that was, Oh yeah, it was tense. Whenever we pulled up, we had to go to North Florida before we got to the hotel. Every team had to test before they got there. Yeah. And if it seemed like if one person tested positive, we were done right. before we even could start the tournament. Right. And Jacksonville, they, they tested out of the conference tournament. So yeah. we knew it could happen. I mean, walk into this dark gym, set up in tents. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially as managers, you know, we didn't want to ruin it yeah, for everyone. we didn't want to be the one to do it. And, I mean, that is the first time the A-Sun tournament was held at a single site. Um, so everyone was testing there. You saw buses continually come in and out. Yeah. Um, luckily, we only had to test once. Um, but that was definitely scary. And even this year, COVID wasn't really a thing. It no. almost felt like it, we were done with it. Yeah, started that way. Yeah. Kind of like now there's been some issues. Like there's about two weeks in a row where we were having somebody right. test positive. And that was throughout college basketball. I mean, games were getting canceled left and right. Yeah. Um, we had our we had our Dobo, Jason Latch, and our assistant coach Kevin Carroll test positive before our first conference game. Mm-hmm. And uh, so before that game, they you know, they sit at the front of the bench and I'm walking I'm walking into the huddle about 20 minutes for game. And usually Corbin and I are keeping game stats, lineup stats. And we sit at the end of the bench and make sure we can help with stools and, and everything else. Well, Coach Eastrum, another one of our assistant coaches, asked me if I could take the place of Ardobo and write down play calls from the other team. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. And how long was this? Was this about probably like 10, 15 minutes before tip-off? 10, 15 minutes before <laughs> tip-off. No idea what I was doing. They just said, hey, just sit here. So I'm sitting in front of the bench this game, scared from my life. I was – sweating before that game <laughs> luckily it, it wasn't it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be and i was never going to do it and we won yeah and i felt like i i knew i wouldn't do anything super important but i felt like if we lost that game it was, it was almost on me so this year we've really got to take advantage of something we didn't get to do last year due to covid and that's the manager games mm-hmm. the manager games it's all of the managers ops gas we get together the night before the real game i say real game but I think me and Peyton, we kind of take it probably to another we level. We are the real game. Yeah, manager come on, games is come the real on. thing. Come on, exactly. So the rules, the manager games, it's normally, ideally, it's played with all managers. But with us being at a smaller program, we can't travel. We don't have five managers to travel with. So we normally have to pick up our GA and ops guy. And on the road, these past few times we've been playing, we played power five schools. And those teams, they're playing with about eight to ten guys. And I say we're picking up our Dobo and GA. That means we're picking just enough to play. We have so we got five, five guys for 40 minutes. Five so, guys, 40 minutes. So how manager games typically works is the night before the game, you know, it's typically after the team practices or late at mm-hmm. night, um, you play two 20-minute running clock halves, and you can you kind of decide the rules amongst yourselves. Yeah. But um, – you know, it sounds like a pickup game. Well, there's standings, there's rankings overall. Yeah. Um, 
throughout the whole country. I mean, there's 156 manager teams that have played a game this year. Um, but let it be known, out of those 156 teams, no team has played more games oh, no. than Lipscomb. Yeah. How many and do we have now? 12. 12? I want to say 12. We're 8 and 4. Yep. And those uh, those three losses came to our Power 5 schools and uh, and Bellarmine. Good, good manager team. Not making excuses, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the games that we've lost, they might have picked up some former players or some red shirts. Every single game we've lost has been um, to a team that played with the walk-on, former player, um, or someone who's just, you know, six feet taller than us. Yeah. And the only college experience that we have is our Dobo. Yeah. yeah, and it's he's and he's man, Jason Latch, great player. He yep. played at, at West Florida, um, but it, it's been a few years since he played. And some of these guys are are They're just right out of college, out, just coming out of college. I know what's what's been your favorite experience playing manager games so far. I think it's just adding something to the road mm-hmm. on road trips. Yeah, because normally it's just like we get to the hotel and whenever we get done watching film or eating, we're done for the night. Right. And not gonna lie, like. You like whenever, like, the players have been really interactive. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have some attention. Absolutely. You know, at first it was kind of scary because everyone was so into it. Yeah. We didn't do it last year. Yeah. We didn't know what to expect the first game. Luckily, we started off 4-0. and And so by the time we lost our first game, everyone's interest had dropped a little bit. Yeah. Man. I'm, that first one hurt, though. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you. So our first game was at College of Charleston. We were playing in a uh, MTE, the Rising Coaches event there. Mm-hmm. And... We were trying hard to schedule a game. We wanted to play. We wanted to play manager games. We wanted to do it last year. Couldn't do it. So we were eager to get going. And we played Charleston. We got in the gym. Started playing. I mean, they hit everything. Yeah, they were missing. It was, we got down like 21 to 2 quick. And I just remember dribbling the ball with court like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. This is awful. Um, we did end up coming back and winning that game, which – course got us on high and we just wanted to keep going and playing which with that game we had to switch gyms yeah we did switch gyms which may have benefited us because yep. we had five guys in that one and it gave us uh gave us a little bit of a breather um but we so we we played for i mean we tried to play every team we played mm-hmm. against whether they even had a manager game or not i mean a few yep. teams played that just put it together and that's the only time they've played all year uh, we've had some blowouts we've had definitely had some our fair share of tight games. Pretty sure on the road we've got to play. Yeah. Every road trip. Just about. Just about, which has been which has been nice. I think for me, one of the things I've enjoyed about it is just being able to play again. Yeah. Um, keep playing. It's good to stay in shape too. I mean it's fun. It's yeah. Low I say it's low stress. <laughs> no. And that's that's up for you to decide. We take it pretty we want to win. Yeah. We take it pretty seriously. We have a Twitter account, um, run by uh, Corbin and I. Which we try to keep it like a like a mock of our, our real Twitter account. Yeah. You know, GIFs and game day tweets. We do live streams on there. Um, typically, our, our SID guy, Kirk Downs, he uh, <laughs> he films these games, but I don't know. Not Corbin, only filmed. He took on a bigger <laughs> yeah, role this past week at North Florida. Tell us about it, Corbin. Oh, yeah. Well, North Florida, like I said, we're usually stressing to find another guy to play. And normally, if we don't have all of the managers, we have at least one walk-on. But that wasn't the case this trip. So it was just me, Peyton, our GA, Will Acuff, and our Dobo, Jason. So we were looking for anybody to play with us. And Kurt Downs 
stepped up and filled that role. Who hadn't played hadn't big. played a game all year. No. Was we, we were worried how he would do, but his number was called. And let this be a lesson. You know, always be ready. Always be ready. He stepped up, had some had some big play, had the game winning steal yeah. when and um, assist. Yeah, game winning steal and assist when they thought the other team thought he was on their team and just threw it to him. But in, you know, in the stat book, that's a, that's a steal. Yes, it is. Uh, but manager games has been one of the best parts, I think, of this year. It's really made this year different uh, than last year. It made it very enjoyable. And I think the reason we take so much stress on it is there's an end goal to it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There is yeah. a manager final four. Mm-hmm. Whenever we, uh, whenever the NCAA tournament starts, it starts off, I think, how many teams are in it? I think 64. 64. Yeah. It starts off with voting until it gets to the final four. And that's where our Twitter account's going to come in big. Right. Is whenever we get to the voting. So if you're listening to this, follow Lipscomb Managers on Twitter and be ready to vote come March because um, we're going to need it. At a smaller school, we don't have the media tools like some of these bigger schools do. And if you're on our Twitter account, more than likely this week, you will be able to watch our live stream. Absolutely. Always be able to watch our games. Um, we have our players. They come and commentate. They keep score. Yes. They've been real great in this, been very supportive. Um, but our end game, we want to we wanna go as far as we can in the tournament. And so originally we thought we had to play a lot of games to qualify. That might have been my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Corbin <laughs> over here tells us we gotta play like fifteen <laughs> games. I'm like, there's just no way, but we start scrambling, we're playing everybody we can. I mean, we're thinking about playing teams twice, driving three hours down we, the road we to play did. teams. We did. We we drove like two and a half hours to yeah. play Tennessee Tech. Yeah. But uh yeah, whenever I guess I was just doing it, I think I was just motivating guys to get some games right right of course and it's kind of funny whenever every time we play another school it's they come up and ask us it's, how do y'all play so many games how do y'all <laughs> got so many games in yeah bottom line is we had to play four games to qualify for the NCAA tournament yeah and we did that in the first month we thought it was going to benefit us too in the rankings playing this many games mm-hmm. but it really hasn't <laughs> if you follow manager games on twitter they post rankings I mean, it's real official um, it's a, it's a growing thing. People, people yep. know about it, but it, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's a good way to meet the other team's managers, talk and you know, play, play a little basketball before the, uh, before the big game. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, whenever we're all trying to get into coaching. Yeah. So I think whenever we're playing those, like we're playing a pickup game, but we don't really know maybe these guys are going to be going for the same job, or right. Working on the same staff as each other. Right. It's a good way to network and, and market yourself, meet other people and, um, connections in the coaching world yep so i think that's all the time we have for this one be on the lookout for new episodes coming every wednesday if you have not listened to episode one again it is on spotify apple podcast and google podcast Um, be sure to follow us and uh, subscribe on those accounts follow us on twitter at talk laundry Um, and join us next week we'll have our first guest speaker Live with us on this podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Laundry Room Talk.